morning. How you doing? Okay. Praise God. Praise God. Are you ready to eat? <laughs> well, today we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of last week's message to tie it together and, and go from there. You know, our sign outside says that uh, we have a free relationship tune-up. And so that's the title of the whole four-week series. Uh, last week we said that we wanted to lay a foundation, and the foundation was going to be uh, something that we believe that if, if you have this foundation, uh, you can move from there. And the foundation was that God loves you with an everlasting love. Well, we want to build on that foundation. To build on it, the title message today really uh, is how do we, re- re- we respond to God's everlasting love? How do we respond to God's everlasting love? Or how should we respond to his love? Now, the subtitle of it is Get Low. Subtitle is Get Low. Get Low. Okay? And if you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember that. Get Low. It's important. Now, let's go to what I feel like uh, would be our past. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 1 and 3. It says that, and you were dead in your, your trespasses and, and sins. That's our past position. Before we were saved, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. In which you formerly walked according to the course of, the, of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. There's three things that's going on in the world now. We were partakers before we got saved. The world system, we were walking just like the world. No different, just like the world. And the prince of the power of the air controls the world system. We didn't know it, but he does still. Of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, we were all sons or daughters of disobedience before. Among them, we too all formerly, since our past position, live in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh. It's a very important thing, Sam. And of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. That's our past position. Now, present position, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he has loved us, which we talked about last week. Does he love us with a great love? 
Even when we were dead in our trespasses, it was not when we were, oh, so goody, goody two-shoes. It was not when we got ourselves cleaned up. It was he loved us, he died for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ. What great love. By grace, you've been, you've been saved. And raised us up. He raised us up with him, speaking of Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we, were, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in it. Now that's our future, our past, in our present position. Now let's ask you a question. Now since we had yesterday's, uh, last week's message, and we saw the uh, video clip uh, on the wounded bride, tell me what was going wrong with this lady? Why wasn't she able to walk in all of this, what we just read? Why wasn't she? It could be many reasons, couldn't it? Why is it that we are not walking in all that God has called us to do, uh, called us in this Bible? There are so many precious promises. I mean, so many precious promises in here. And that we're supposed to be victorious in Christ. Am I correct? And sometimes... I don't feel so victorious, but I know I am victorious, even though I don't feel like it. I don't walk by what I feel. But I said, God, there must be a disconnect somewhere because I know that the enemy is not supposed to be having place in the church of the living God, not supposed to be having place. And it seems like He does what he wants to do with who he wants to do it with when he wants to do it. That's what it seems like. And I know that's not true, but it seems like it is. So I said, okay, God, what seems to be the problem? So, of course, a little further over in the the book of Ephesians, we get to chapter 6 after he had told us all of the great uh, position we are in in Jesus Christ, and all the practices we should be practicing are in Jesus Christ. Then he tells us in 6.10 of Ephesians, Finally, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his strength. And that's a key because he's all, he, he, we're talking about relationships now. He's already told us how we're supposed to be in our relationships. Starting in, in chapter 4, he's told us our, the, the, how we're supposed to walk our position out. The position of Christ is in chapters 1, 2, and 3. 
Then in chapter 4, he starts telling us our practice, uh, what we're supposed to do as Christians. Then after he's told us those things, um, he said, okay, now, this is what I want you to do finally. Now, of course, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And so he's already told us in chapter 5 how the husband is supposed to love the um, his wife, just like Christ, finish it for me, love the church. He's already told us, uh, the women, how they're supposed to be. That word doesn't like to come out, does it? Submit to her husband, just like the church is to Christ. It's told us all those things. It told us how the children are supposed to be in 6 1, 2 and 3. It told us all those things there. See, he's told us all those things. But see, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his strength. See, he, he must know something that we don't know. He must know that. There's no way that you're going to walk out all that he has given you in Christ unless you're strong in him. See, I think sometimes we want to be strong in ourselves. I think sometimes we want to do it ourselves. We want to be a self-made man, as some people in the Western days used to say. They are self-made men. I don't believe there is such a, a, such a thing as a self-made person. I, I believe that God does it all for us. I believe that if anything that we accomplish is because of him. So he says that we need to be strong. He says that you just can't be strong you have to put on his whole armor because do you understand, children of God, he's telling us here, that you are in a warfare. That's what he's telling us. You are in a warfare, so I want you to put on a whole armor so you can do battle, so you can protect yourself, and so you can uh, be on the offensive also. And then he starts naming our enemy. And we know what we know who the enemy is, but we don't act like we know who the enemy is. Because I believe we really think the enemy is the person we're in a relationship with. Sometimes. Because we do a lot of warfare with that person a lot of times. And sometimes with, with the people that you love most, you're at war most of the time with them a lot of times. That's why you know that there are relationships in the church that don't make it. Is that correct? Their relationships in society, they don't make it. They say about 50% of the relationships don't work. And if we're talking about marriages, you know it's 50%. If you're talking about just relationships, you know it's a lot more than 50%. 
So something is wrong because we are warring against the wrong, I think, person. So it's telling us here that our problem is a problem in the spirit realm. That's where the problem is. The rulers, the powers, the world forces of this dark, dark world, and they are wicked, and they are in heavenly places. And they are messing with us. That's what they're doing. They are messing with us. They are causing sometimes things to happen and we think it's each other. And I think that we don't realize sometimes that the enemy has been at work trying to cause things to happen when we were were born. You know, Minerva had a, I guess, a, a word she wanted to share. And I'll let her share it at this time. And then I'll go from there. It's about our children. I think the Lord uh, uh, spoke to me, it was last week, really. And um, I was reading while I was doing my devotions. And and the scripture stood out to me uh, in Revelations about uh, the the uh, dragon standing before the woman. And I felt like the Lord, after he quickened that scripture to me, I felt like the Lord was saying to that, that this is what Satan is doing today. That even though we don't realize it, that he's, he, and you know, we think of the scripture as, because we know that uh, it's speaking of Christ, but what God quickened to me, that, the, that Satan is standing before the woman today. That every child that comes forth out of the womb today, Satan is standing before that woman to devour the child. And that we are not aware of what's happening. That, that when, we, when, um, when, when, when God tells us to, to bring our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, to, to, to uh, pay attention to our children, to do those things, that we are preparing those children to be able to stand against the enemy and against the forces of darkness that are going to try to come against them because this, this Satan is standing before the woman and he's trying to devour every child that comes into this world. And if we're not aware of it, we, we won't do the things that are necessary to protect our children, to prepare them to be able to stand against the things that he's going to bring against them. And even in our own personal lives, all of us know that and maybe not everyone, but most of us have fallen into something or done something that, that we know that, that we, we shouldn't have done. But, and, and if we could have, if we look back, we say, well, I, I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I had. But a lot of times this happens because we're not prepared to stand. We had, things have not been done to prepare us to stand against the enemy because we do have an enemy. And he's... He's after every single child that's birthed into this earth because he knows that they have the potential to, to destroy, to work against the kingdom of darkness. So we have to do the things that are necessary to train our children. And when God tells us to do something, he means what he says. 
He says the children are heritage of the Lord. They're not our heritage. They're his heritage. And if they're his heritage, then we have to do those things that are necessary so that they can walk in and step into the things that God has prepared for them without having to go through all the junk. I'll just put it that way. All the junk that, that Satan tries to, to get them to fall into, whether it's dr- drugs, whether it's sin- sex, whether it's anything, pride, all of this stuff is of the enemy. And, and all of these things can hinder us from being all that God has called us to be because we have not been prepared and understand that we have an enemy and he's trying to, he's standing there trying to divert us, trying to get us off track, trying to work against us so that we will not fulfill God's purpose in our lives or we won't be able to accomplish the purpose as we should. So we have to be alert and know that as parents, when these children are born, they're just not little cute babies. They are, they are born into this earth for a purpose. And God has a divine purpose for these children. And we have to do what we're called to do to make sure that they succeed. Well, I, I do know that when I shared some of my personal testimony last week, that um, I know that, that it's a testimony probably of, of a lot of people, and all of us have one. So, so why, why do things happen to me that would, would cause problems in my relationships that I have today? And what Minerva said is basically what he's doing in everybody's life. All of us are bringing, like I said, it's baggage to, a, to, to the, the relationships that we have. And so uh, she didn't know uh, when she married me, uh, she, knew, she knew my background, but she didn't know how it would affect us. She, she didn't know uh, that because I didn't have uh, a family atmosphere that I wouldn't know how to uh, really lead a family. She didn't know that. And so I didn't know it either. So how, how in the world can I leave something I never, I never did see? And so uh, that's, that's a testimony of a lot of people is that how can they father somebody when, when they didn't have a father that fathered them? How can they love somebody when they weren't really loved? Uh, we, we have been, uh, as people, we have been really messed with from the time we were little a lot of times by the enemy, and he will start calling uh, us to account on those things. And so what I want to do is say, God, there's a problem. There's a problem because the bride of Christ is wounded. And so, so how can we uh, not fall into situations like the video clip fell into, with, with, uh, like Israel? Or like the church, how can we not fall into situations like that? How can we get well? How can we get well, God? Because relationships are serious things. Uh, I'm, the, the foundation messages are not, you know, well, you should uh, communicate well. You should do this and all those type of things. You, and you've been to so many seminars. You've read so many books. You know, you can probably write one. You know, but th- those are not the problems. The problem really uh, is, is what I uh, mentioned 
uh, last week, and, and what I'm mentioning today is that we have to get well. We really do. Because we, I think if we don't get real with ourselves, we're going to be in, a, in, in a denial and think that our relationships are going to be hunky-dory, and they are not because we are wounded in areas. And we are whole in areas, but we are wounded in areas. And so I said, well, God, show us how to do this thing. I see that we're supposed to have on your whole armor. I see all those type of things, but uh, I see the problem, but I, I need the solution. Well, he said, well, the thing you're going to have to do is love because that's the response that you're going to have um, to my love to you. And, and let's turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 13. If we're going to respond to God, his great love for us, he's tell us how to respond to it. He says in verse 34 in chapter 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. I said, that's, that's, that sounds good. I, I knew that anyway. That's good, God. Now, the problem is that uh, <laughs> I can't do it. How can I really love whenever like you love me when I don't know how to do that? And he directed me over to chapter 15, if you turn, turn with me there. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I said, okay, now, if I, if I abide in you and you are love, I can bear much fruit. And my fruit is supposed to be love. Verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So now I'm adding that your word, Lord, has to abide in me. I have to know your word. Your word has to be a part of me. It has to be one with me. It has to be uh, what your will has to be my will. Your thoughts, my thoughts. Your ways, my ways. Then I can ask what I wish and it will be done for me. In verse 8 it says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. So we know that verse 8 of 15 and verse 34 of 13 are the same. Because it's saying that you can prove in 35 of 13, you can prove that you are the disciples of the Lord by loving. If you love one another, then you prove that you are my disciples. If you bear fruit, much fruit, so you prove that you are my disciples. 
So fruit and love are the same. So I said, God, this is good, but you're going to have to go further because you're telling me that if I abide in you, then I will love like you love. That sounds really good. But still, the problem is that I know I can't do it. So how do I do it if I can't do it? How do I do it? So he said, here's a solution. I want you to, those words I told you first, the two, two words, get what? Get low. That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to get low. You're going to have to get real. You had to get real. Now, get low is not me getting on my knees. That's not to get low. It's to get low in my mind, my opinion of myself. Because, see, most of us, we think so highly of ourselves that we can't get low. So we think we are better than somebody else. We think that what we... Our way is better than their way. We can do this better than they can do this. It's all this comparing one another, competitive spirit. It's all, I mean, that's what relationships just tears up relationships. And he said, I want you to get a low opinion of yourself. That's what I want you to do. A low opinion of yourself. Get low. And I want you to start by getting real. Oh, get real. Get real. How do I get real? Well, first of all, you let Nerva know, you let people know your weaknesses. Well, who wants to do that? Who really wants to do that? And you, you know, you want to uh, say, well, wait a minute. Uh, I can... I can be the father of my family. Well, if you get real, you say, Minerva, look, I don't know how to be the father like I'm supposed to be. I don't know how to be the husband I'm supposed to be. I need help because I'm weak in these areas because of my past. Now, that's getting low, isn't it? You got to get real. Got to get real. Well, see, the problem is she already knew it. All you had to do was get, be married, you know, uh, longer than a year, and you know all the problems. <laughs> really? Am I correct? Or, you know, you, you just... So it would be better if I would tell her, look, uh, I have a selfish problem. I need help in this area. I am very selfish. And she didn't know that what she knew, but she didn't know how it would affect her, is that because I grew up uh, and my sisters and brothers who were half, were so much older than me that 
when I got to high school, they were already teachers in high, in the high school. And so uh, everything that I wanted, pretty much, I got when I was growing up. Everything. And they would tell me, my brother-in-laws, that I was selfish, but I didn't, I didn't believe them. They told me that I was spoiled, but I didn't believe them. And Minerva knew that I was spoiled, that I was selfish. But wouldn't it be so nice if I would have gotten real and said, look, sweetheart, what's the, the problem is that I'm going to be selfish, and, and what I need to do is in the, I need grace in between this time where I'm going before God and I'm asking God to help me. Help me get rid of this thing. Because, see, I see in Psalm uh, 70 uh, how uh, God was dealing with this psalmist. And, and he said, just go to God and say, God, help me. Help me. You know, I, I just can't do this thing, God. I can't love like I'm supposed to love. I, I can't be uh, just unselfish. But I, but I know with your help can. Help me, Lord. What about you? Do you really believe that things are going to change this year between this Valentine's Day and next Valentine's Day if you don't change? You think things are going to change? I guarantee you that there will be in the universal church 50% 50% of the people who get married will have divorces. Now, why would it have to happen if we decide we're going to change? We're going to get low. We're going we're gonna to get low. We're going we're gonna to get real. We're going to get well. We're going we're gonna to really uh, let it be known that I have things I need to work on. And if you give me grace while we're working on it, I'm going to get better because I'm determined to be the man of God as God has called me to be. So that's what he said the solution is. And I said, God, do you really believe that they're going to take this relationship tune up that I'm giving them? They really going to do that? Or are they going to hold up a scorecard and say, oh, that was a four message. Last week was a five. This is a four. You know? Let's go eat. You know? I'm trying to change. Because it's no fun for our children to keep getting messed over. And I know that they will be, and we will be responsible for it also because they're in our households. And youth, youth may think that they're not going to have problems, but they hear what goes on in the household. They hear it. They know what's going on. They know. They are learning from you. They're learning to be prideful. They're learning to be humble. 
They're learning. Whatever you are, they're learning. They're picking it up. They're picking it up. And I say that we need to change. We need to get low. That's what we need to do. We need to get real. These are some things that you can take away from this message and say, have a, a powwow you know, tomorrow when you go out to eat. Uh, have a powwow. I said, look, let's, uh, let's get real. Um, I know it's Valentine's Day. Let's decide on this Valentine's Day. Things are going to change. Let's talk about some problems that uh, we all can uh, work on solutions for, for next year and go to God on. And let's give each other grace in these areas so that uh, we can overcome these things. I wonder how many people are going to get real with their uh, mates. How many uh, young people, young adults, who are single? You don't know how good you have it right now. Really. You don't know how good you have it. You have an opportunity, in other words, to get low now. You have an opportunity to get real now. You have an opportunity to get whole, to get well now. Because it just gets worse when you get in a relationship. Because it's, now you have two people who have problems, and, and it automatically starts fireworks. Automatically. So we have to we have to we have to encourage our singles to make sure they are trying to work out the strongholds that the enemy has already set up in their lives. And we have to say, there are some strongholds in my life. I don't know what they are, but sweetheart, would you tell me what are some of the strongholds, what are some of the things that seem like they keep coming up ever so often. What are some of these strongholds? What do you think really the, the, the root problem is so I can deal with it? Wouldn't that be cool if we did that? That would be really cool. And that's what I want to do uh, with us today is say, that's the message. Get low. That's the message. Get real. That's the message. Get well. Because if we don't, then we'll still keep hurting one another. We'll still keep running right over top of one another. We'll keep violating one another. And we'll keep at one another. And the word says if we keep biting one another, that don't be uh, are surprised if you don't devour one another. And see, I know that's going on in relationships in the church of living God is going on. And I say, let's stop it. Let's stop the enemy from, from having his way with the church of the living God. That's what we want to do. And we have, to, we have to band together. It's a, it's a teamwork thing. I have to give you grace. You have to give me grace while we're working on these things. 
can't point fingers at one another. We can't accuse one another. We have an accuser already of the brother, Satan. So it's a, a, a kind of a, a sober message today, um, but, but it's a real one. And I don't know how else to bless you, but to t- be truthful to you, is to say, let's get real and get low. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be loved by such a great God. We thank you for that. And we thank you also for what you've done for us. You position us for victory. We want to walk in that victory. And today, we're going to do that, start doing that more by taking those areas that you point to us, those areas that are causing pain in our relationships. We want to take those areas and we want to deal with those areas. That's what we want to do. God, we ask you to bless the food and the fellowship that we're going to partake of. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to be a blessing to uh, and recognize our married couples because just being married and staying married is is uh, <laughs> it's work and it needs to be praised. <laughs> so uh, let me have all the married couples just uh, married people just stand up for me, please. Let's just give give God a hand. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, praise God. Stay standing, stay standing. Now what I want to do is um, see who's been married the longest, who who's been able to stay this thing, stay stay in this thing, you know, in spite of the enemy. You know. Uh, those who've been married so over five years remain standing. Those who've been married over 10 years remain standing. Okay, well, all right, praise God. Those who've been married over 20 years remain standing. Okay, good, good. Those who've been married over 25 years remain standing. See all the young ones, boy, they had to sit down, boy. <laughs> There you go. All those been married over 30 years remain standing. Okay. Wow, this is good. This is good. This is good. Yeah, praise God. Whoa, go ahead. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, let's see what can go, how we go to this row here. <laughs> over 31 years. That's okay, young blood, y'all can sit out, yeah. 32. Over 32. Oh, over 
Okay. Wow. Okay. Good. Good. Um, over 34. All right. Give him a hand. Praise God. Okay, uh, let's, how, how, long, how long have you been married? 39 years. Give him a hand. Yeah, praise God. Okay. How long have you been married? 40 years. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. Good. Well, I uh, have something uh, for you. Tell Tom that uh, Tom is her husband that uh, the church wants to for y'all to go out on the house. Okay? Uh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's Chan's mother. Praise God. Y'all look so good. Let's uh, have a good time fellowshipping uh, on our food and friends, okay? Praise God. 